Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Tag. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. Well, this week, we would like to welcome a Disney fan and former travel agent whose future travel aspirations include a visit to Alani in Hawaii, a trip to Disneyland Paris, a cruise on the Disney Wish, and to do an adventure by Disney tour with her family. And fun fact, when she discovered she was pregnant with her daughter years ago, she was on a Disney cruise. She's also an instructor of graphic design and a budding photographer. Please welcome Rachel to the show. Hello, everybody. And also joining us this week is Colleen. She's a former cast member who is in the Disney Professional Internship Program in the 1990s. Colleen has been planning Disney vacations with Kingdom Planners for 10 years, which has only spurred her love for Disney and spending time with friends and family in the parks and on their cruise ships. Welcome, Colleen. Hello. Nice to meet you all. Man, there's such a variety of places <laughs> to go and uh, a, a heavy amount of Disney cruise ship talk here. I feel so out of my element. Well, that inspired me this week. (laughs) Oh, so one of the things that keeps coming up, and of course, right now, there's all this stuff going on with uh, Florida and the governor down there picking on Disney and Disney picking on them. And it's just a whole mess. But got me thinking, and I, I feel like I talk about this sometimes. Where would you like to see Disney build a new resort? Now, this could technically be anywhere in the world, but I think like it'd be more interesting to be somewhere else in the United States. So what do you think, Rachel? Well, that's exactly what my thought is. There are so many great places around the world it could be, but our two parks in the U.S. are so busy all the time. And personally, I would like to find another park somewhere in the Midwest or the middle of the country to help alleviate some of the crowds and it'd be a lot closer to me. Let's toss it to... Eric. All right. Yeah, I hear Midwest a lot whenever this question comes up. And as a Midwesterner, that would be great. Uh, for for my part in, in the Chicagoland area, we were always Walt Disney World folk. Uh, that, that seemed to be the way to go. So it would be great to have something around there. But I'm I'm a lover of the Mineral King project. So I would love to see something in the mountains somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know what areas of the mountains are accessible or or haven't been snatched up by other uh, other ski resorts. Uh, for those who who might not be familiar with Mineral King, um, Disney was planning on building this resort in the Sierra Nevadas and ended up giving up their their claim to that area when um, there was a lot of pushback. And uh, yeah, it would have been it would have been fun. It was a ski resort. It was the the origination of the country bear jamboree Mm. they wanted to have additional activities for families there for for the evenings or for summertime so uh yeah i really like that concept and i think um somewhere in the u.s or maybe around the world there's a there's a mountain that could have a disney park let's be fair eric (laughs) Mm -hmm. what geographical kind of thing do you live in oh i do live on a mountain yes in, in the that, mountains <laughs> that is a lot of skiers uh, go to your area neck of the woods. Yes, this is fair. Um, so I just thought I bring that up was funny. Well, <laughs> so I feel know. like he's saying he wants it in his backyard. Yeah. Well, why not? Well, <laughs> where would I'd you like put a? Well. <laughs> where would you put a park, Colleen? Well, again, this one's a stumper for me. Um, just like the rest of you, like Midwest seems like the natural tro- choice, but you know our weather is not great here in the Midwest. Um, I'm also in the Chicagoland area, and you know I can see that at least four to five months of the year, it would be pretty miserable to be out there. Um, <laughs> but so I mean, maybe like. 
Arizona or Texas, although it'd be swelteringly hot in the summer, but that's not really different than Walt Disney World, right? So those states are a little better than us for weather. I want to, you know, I really thought about it. And I'm like, I wanted to say something like really awesome in some part of the world, but selfishly, I too would like it to be in the U.S. So I'll be able to go to it more frequently. What do you think, Tig? Yeah. So for me, I'm, you know, Three of the four of us are directly in the Midwest, and Eric is on the fringe of the Midwest. He's in Colorado now, but I guess that I always think Colorado is further west than it actually is, so it's probably yeah, still counts. I, as the I Midwest. say west. A lot of other people say Midwest. I don't know. You, at some point, you got to leave the mid. Sure. <laughs> so I say somewhere in, and I want to say upper Midwest because Disneyland, West Coast, South. Disney World, Florida, East Coast, South. You know, not only make it closer for the middle of the country, but also make it closer to the northern part of the country. And so I feel like something northern Minnesota, uh, even, you know, any of those states kind of kind of up in that area. I just uh, northern Minnesota just seems like there's a lot of nothing up there and it might be a good spot to kind of do something like that. Now, we'll kind of get into this, I think, a little bit later with one of the other questions. <laughs> but I, one of the ways to get around the idea of the fact that you have uh, snow and weather, cold weather, is do like in South Korea, they have a theme park called Lottie World, which is South Korea's version of Disneyland, basically. The characters there are very, I think they're raccoons. They're very similar to Mickey and Minnie, and it's these two raccoons. And they have an attraction indoors that's like Indiana Jones. They have an attraction that's like, uh, I want to say like it's a small world. They have a bunch of these kind of like dark ride attractions. And in fairness, they also have during the better weather times of the year, they have a monorail that you can get on inside and it goes out to this island where there's a castle and a bunch of outdoor stuff. So hmm. you could have something like that. I know in the Wisconsin Dells, kind of by where I'm living, they have a ton of water parks and some, you know, they're open all year long because they have indoor sections that are open during the winter and then they open the indoor and outdoor during the summer. So I just feel like Disney should do something like that. It'd be different enough from the other parks and it would be cool. And I think that it would help with uh, what Rachel said, which is the fact that the parks are so freaking busy now. And that's why we have reservations. And that's, you know, the, the our prices keep going up because supply and demand people it's in high demand. So build another park, get rid of ease some of that demand, I think. Well, that wraps up our first question. Now we go to Rachel for their question this week. This kind of goes along with what Tag was just saying about how the parks are so busy and you need to have reservations for everything. Um, I have not been to a park since just before the pandemic. And the Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes are new to me. And I don't know a lot about them yet. I'm a little bit intimidated by them. So I was curious, what are your thoughts on Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes? To you, Eric. Oh, well, <laughs> um, this is big. I, I, I love them. I hate them. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Bob Chapek was very excited to announce every 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 financial report how much money they were bringing in from them, and I, I think that that cash is helping out. But I, I mean, I haven't really liked any of these these systems. I I've stood there in in line watching you know fifty people stream by in the the paid lanes, in the max pass lanes, fast pass lanes, whatever version of them. It, where they're letting so many people buy and 
you're like, oh, no wonder the line hasn't moved in 20 minutes. The ratios are just they're really they're really weighted in favor of the people who pay for the thing, which I guess makes sense. I liked the gaming aspect of Max Pass. And Genie Plus kind of has that as well, where once you learned the strategy behind it, you could you could really get some good stuff. You could if you knew what you wanted to do and you you were paying attention and were constantly looking at your phone, you could get the best the best stuff. FastPass Plus in Walt Disney World was never that exciting to me because it required you to be ready months in advance and you had to come in first thing in the morning and try to get it and then it focus on days further down the week and you're like, uh, yeah, all of those, those strategies that I'm, I'm sure Colleen knows plenty of from, <laughs> from your experience working those reservations for your, your clients, you know, there was a strategy to it, but still it wasn't that many in a day, but at least genie plus has a little bit of that, that fun lightning lanes are still kind of annoying because you, yeah, I already paid for a ticket to get into the park. I paid for, I paid for Genie Plus, and now I'm going to pay for a Lightning Lane on top of it. At least that's the way I always end up doing it myself. I'm a sucker. I pay for everything. <laughs> Colleen, <laughs> tell, us, tell us your thoughts from your experience there. Well, I wanted to say that for many years, I stood in line at Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and I may have yelled, you know, I would pay $10 to have a fast pass <laughs> for this or, you know, to be in a shorter line. And, you know, Jeannie was listening to me or she's well, maybe it was the Jeannie. It, Disney was listening. Right. And they've really monop or, you know, taken this opportunity to monetize the system. And I am like you, Eric, if there is something that will shorten my weight, I will pay for it. I don't have an issue paying for it. I mean, I do have an issue, but I will pay for it. <laughs> so in any case, I think the service is nice. Um for the most part, because it evens the playing field for on-site versus off-site guests. Because with the previous FastPass Plus system, an on-site guest, you know, got to book theirs 30 days before an off-site guest. So for people that are staying off-site, I think that's a nice feature. It, it makes them have more equal opportunity. But I also enjoy kind of the gaming aspect of it. I first realized it when I did MaxPass over in Disneyland. And then when it started like, oh, this is coming to Disney World, I was pretty excited because, you know, after the system came out, Disney says, oh, you can expect maybe to get two to three per day because they're trying to set our expectations, right? So if you tell me two to three is what's going to, you know, what people are normally going to do, like, by golly, I'm going to look for five or six. I'm really going to push this system. And I've done it and it's been a lot of fun. And it did enable like in January, I went with my husband and my sons for like an ultimate day. And we got to go to three parks and use Genie Plus in each park. And uh, it did make for a fun competitive day, but we just couldn't walk the next day after all of that. So, <laughs> but what do you think, Tag? How do you feel about the system? Oh, man. In the iteration that is there now, I hate it. And when the parks, specifically Disneyland, reopened after the pandemic, which it opened way later than Disney World, we for a while did not have any type of this system. And it was wonderful because were there lines? Of course, there's always going to be lines at Disney parks. However, the lines moved. Oh, yeah. I never felt like I was sitting there forever which is how I feel the the worst, the worst 
I have two <laughs> terrible experiences with Fast Pass, Max Pass, Dis, you know, whatever, whatever they want to call it, GD Plus. Two terrible experiences that I think of. One was at Disney World at Epcot. We were waiting for Soren. And the line was moving so slowly that people, like everybody in line was sitting on the floor oh. and not moving. And and people in the lane just kept going by. And when we got up to the front, we talked to the cast member and we said, hey, like, what's the deal here? And he said, yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a five to one ratio. We let five people in in this lane and we let one person in from the standby. And I'm like, that is that is not a good ratio. And then... What I think could make it good is they could leave it exactly how it is now. And my co-host on DL Weekly says this too, and I agree with her now, is do like Universal does. You want a front of the line pass? It's over $100 a day. So the people who really want to spend the money and do it, fine. But not. it's not inexpensive enough that the majority of the people attending are going to get it, and then it becomes a problem. So... In Disneyland, one of the main attractions that has a lot of problems is Pirates. And Pirates does not have Lightning Lane or Genie Plus or anything right now. But it constantly causes backups into New Orleans Square and it's hard to get around. I thought when they had refurbished it that there was rumors that they were going to bring some type of Fast Pass, Max Pass to it. Right. And I said what they should do is they should bring a Max Pass, Fast Pass to it, but not have a standby. Literally to get on Pirates... You get you get in you know a vir- you know kind of a virtual queue for it, and then that gets rid of the fact that there's hardly any standby room for that attraction. That's fine because then you don't have that little standby lane of people sitting there watching, seemingly hundreds of people go by you. The other experience I had that was bad was we were waiting in line for Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. We got into that room before you go into the briefing room where Rocket is, and. We did not move, and I swear, like a hundred lightning lane people went past. I'm not even kidding. We didn't move, and I saw the entire loop of their video and everything like eight times. Oh. And I'm like, we're just not moving. <laughs> and they were letting like one small group of like two to three people in, and then they'd fill the rest of the room with lightning lane. And then they'd let like one small group in, and then they'd fill the rest of the room with lightning lane. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. So they either need to fix the ratio, they either need to they need to raise the price on it, or they need to get rid of it. Because I think there's there's too high of a too many guests are using it and it's making it a bad experience for everybody. And even worse, when the attraction breaks down and you have all those people that had that return time, now those people <laughs> have to get on later and that becomes that causes the lightning lane return or the genie plus lightning lane return to also be long. So yeah. anyway. Off my soapbox there, I just wish we'd go back to standby. As much as I don't like standing in line, I would rather stand in a line that feels like it's moving. So what about you, Rachel? Well, as I said, I'm not exactly sure what to think because I haven't experienced it yet. I don't quite understand it. Just from the conversation right now, I think it would be kind of fun to check it out and just see how it goes. And hopefully it'll be okay. Well, the other thing to know... It'll be all right, Rachel. <laughs> the other thing to know, Rachel, is I made a terrible mistake. Okay. So when you went to... When you went... The last time you went to a Disney park, mm-hmm. did you have any type of... Did you use any type of FastPass Plus, MaxPass? FastPass Plus. Okay. Yes. Do not make the mistake I did. So we bought... We went for uh, Teresa's wedding last year, and we had one day in California Adventure. So me and James and the two exchange students we had, we bought Genie Plus. And I thought, hey, 
in the morning, there's not a lot of lines. We're not going to use any of our Genie Plus reservations. We'll just go hit up the short lines and then we'll use the reservations later. Well, the way that it works is when you get a reservation, you either have to wait two hours to get the next reservation or you have to use your current reservation. So if you have a reservation like a half an hour, then as soon as you redeem it, you can get another one. But if the return window is like four hours from now, they don't punish you for that but you have to wait two hours before you can request a second reservation to, for another attraction. <laughs> the other thing with Genie Plus is you can only do it once per attraction per day. Yeah. That's, so if you yeah, want to... That's rough. Yeah. So if you want to if you want to ride Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, that's also a bad example. I'm trying to think of a really <laughs> popular new attraction, but they're all like extra paid because not, not only do you pay for Genie Plus to use for that, to use it on Rise or Radiator Springs at Disneyland, to use it on Rise or Radiator Springs Racers or Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, you have to pay an additional fee for that those attractions. So it's even more complicated. So if you want to use it on Guardians of the Galaxy, let's say, you can only do it one time per day, even though like maybe you bought it because you're like, I just want to ride Guardians like three times today. Nope, you can only use it once. And then once you use it, you can't get another one for that attraction the rest of the day. You can get it for the other attractions, but not that one. So in that in that way, I feel like it's... It's not great. So don't make the mistake ID. If you do decide to get it, you have to pay the... It's variable pricing now, too. So it might be $30. It might be $25. It might be $20 per person per day. So keep in mind for budgeting. It can add up, but... If you get it, get it in the morning, get your first lightning lane as soon as you can, get your next lightning lane, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the day. Sounds good. Oof. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that is two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, please head over to thehubcrawl.com slash support. And uh, and join our community. Uh, throw a few throw a few bucks at us and and help us keep this show on the air. But yeah, join our community for a few dollars more. You can get access to our episodes a few days early, and you can join our Discord chat where you can participate in the bonus questions that you also get. So it, I've got uh, I've got two responses to our bonus question this week. So the bonus question this week is, uh, what's a concept for a theme park that you would like to see built? And uh, let's see, we had Kate in the chat who said that <laughs> she said it a million times. She would love to see a villain themed park or land. I think that's a pretty popular response from a lot of people. And uh, Marie said that uh, she agrees with Kate, but she also writes she's not creative enough to come up with another park or land. But she would love to see a West Coast version of Castaway Key or Lighthouse Point to make her West Coast cruise line vacations a little bit more enticing. That's plenty creative. That would be great. It's one of the big benefits of going on a cruise in the Caribbean is is going to these extra locations. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. And we'll talk more about what we think at the end of the show if you are a Patreon subscriber, if you're a supporter of our show. So please head over to thehubcrawl.com slash support and join our community. And for those of you who are members of our community, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. But it is time to get back to the regular episode questions. Eric, what do you have for us this week? Well, we've been talking a lot about cruises, as I said at the, the top. It, it inspired me. 
I've never been on a Disney cruise. I would love to go on a Disney cruise. I've almost been on a Disney cruise. But if you have been on a Disney cruise, what's your favorite amenity? And if you haven't, what do you think would be your favorite amenity? Colleen, kick us off here. Well, I'm afraid that I'm going to say anemone when I try to say amenity. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm feeling uh, some Nemo vibes. Um well, I think one of the best amenities is like your Patreon sponsor said, Castaway Key. It's Disney's private island in the Bahamas. If you haven't been there, it can be an adventure filled day with lots of excursions or it can just be a lay on the beach day. Um, and I can get behind both types of touring. Like, you know, I've done um, the snorkeling, which was a lot of fun. And I've also gone and hung out at Serenity Bay, which is the adult only section. And we may or may not have, like, you know, found some bicycles laying around and rode those around for a little <laughs> bit, um, not admitting to anything. But I am excited that they're developing the new private location, Lighthouse Point, which will also be in the Bahamas, um, be something new for, you know, guests that sail a lot, um, something different. And I did want to say, though, because everybody, you know, was into Castaway Key, that I think that the amenity that I don't use enough is the complimentary um, room service because, you know, before you get ready for dinner, you can have them bring a cheese plate to the room or some nice warm cookies in the evening before bedtime. But normally we're enjoying all of the other complimentary food items so much that it doesn't even occur to me like we're not hungry. We don't need anything, but it is a really nice feature. So. What do you think, Tag? I have not been on a Disney cruise. However, co-host Teresa on the other show just came back from her first Disney cruise, and we had three episodes of our other podcast talking about it, and a bonus episode where we talked about the, her excursion. And I've been on cruises. I've just never been on a Disney cruise. So I'm I hearing about it is really it getting me itching to go. However, I have so many, not to brag, but I have so many things booked right now <laughs> that I have to wait. We have uh, in two weeks, I'll be at Disneyland for uh, Star Wars night. It, this summer, we're going to Europe for seven weeks to visit family and see our previous exchange students. So it's the and then I'm a teacher. So it's hard to find other time to get off to go do that stuff like I used to be able to do so frequently. So we'll have to figure something out. But for the cruise ship, the only thing that I think is amazing that Disney, that no other cruise ship does, to my understanding, is fireworks at sea. And so I I think that that would be really amazing. I love fireworks at the parks. Fireworks on the sea would just be amazing. Uh, I heard that they're, they're really good. Otherwise, it seems to me, and I feel like Disney cruise fans are going to come at me with pitchforks, but it sounds to me like Disney <laughs> Cruise Line basically is just like every other cruise line, except for it has all the Disney stuff and characters and fireworks. So fireworks are the only thing that I know is definitely better than some other place would have because they don't have them. So that's my answer for that one. What about you, Rachel? Well, I have been on a couple of Disney cruises. I think they're fantastic. I agree with Colleen with um, Castaway Key. That is a really great beach day. But for me, my favorite part are the shows at night that with the, you know, they'll have a Beauty and the Beast or what's it called? Mickey's Magical Review or something like that. Those shows are so well done. They're so family friendly. 
they're just really fun to go to. That and just having the characters on board and the meet and greets you can do with them. And I think that just adds to the big overall enveloping Disney experience you get on a Disney cruise ship. I agree with you, Tag, that, you know, it's pretty much the same as sailing with other, you know, as far as the basics go. But I think that feeling and that knowing the brand so well, you are in a whole new world when you are on a Disney cruise line. So I think that, yeah, those Disney shows and character greetings would be my answer. What do you think, Eric? Well, I love the idea of Castaway Key, but we've already talked about that. I mean, Private Island, pretty cool. Disney shows was my second one because <laughs> they seem like really high quality shows. And I've heard, yes, I, you know, I've heard from from cast members who really like this is a really big deal for them. So we'll move on to the next character ish thing, which is the Disney whatever day at sea, like Pirates Day at Sea, the Marvel Day at Sea, the Star Wars Day at Sea. Those sound like so much fun. Halloween time where you can dress up in a costume. Halloween on the high seas. It, right. It's all of those sound like so much fun. And I, I want to go when I go on a cruise, when I'm going to go on one of those where I can, I can experience one of those really fun themed days because that, that is something that nobody else is doing. And it, yeah, it, it's, it's characters, it's themes for, for shows and everything else going on. It sounds like the most fun that you could have compared to, you know, Carnival Cruise Line. Oh, who cares? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Eric, you made me think about the um we sailed on the wish when they were doing their pre-inaugural sailings. Oh, wow. Okay. And the show for Pirate Night was like I mean I've seen Pirate Night and we were just kind of like sitting on the pool deck and we're like, uh, eh, whatever, we're not gonna walk over there. <laughs> and we started like hearing the performance on the other side of the flume or whatever you call that thing. Okay. And we walked over there and I was like I videoed the whole thing and I was like, this is one of the best performances that I've seen, you know, just like definitely on a Disney ship and I'm not going to spoil it. It was amazing. And the finale to the pirate night part of it there. And then the fireworks, it was, it was really something I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps here talking about it. So that is so cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're the cruise expert here on this, this episode. That's the one to go. The wish had an amazing stage show for that. Hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you. I hadn't heard that before. So that's great. I'll send you my video. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Colleen, after you send me that video, uh, (laughs) let's, uh, let's ask your, your last question here for the night. Okay, so I'm all about like ultimate experiences in life. So what is your dream hotel stay at a Disney property or on a Disney cruise ship or any of Disney's other properties? What do you think, Tag? So for the longest time since I was a since I was a wee lad, I <laughs> used to go on the way home from school, there was a travel agency and every once in a while I would go in and we didn't have the internet back then. Yes, I'm that old. And I would I would go into this travel agency and I would grab the brochures for Disney World. This was before I had my deep-seated hatred of Disney World for a while. And I would look at it and I thought that the contemporary was so unique and magical and I was just drawn immediately to it. 
So my bucket list item is that I will stay in a theme park view room of the main contemporary building. That is a bucket list for me. However, after I went to Disney World, I really enjoyed the Polynesian. And I think the Polynesian would be a good, like, number two. Now, on a cruise, of course, first of all, just any room on the cruise, because I've never been on a Disney cruise. But (laughs) if I had unlimited money and resources, I would stay in the room that's in the funnel. I think the Wish has this now, that there's one, like, master suite that's in the funnel. I've heard that the downside to it is from the buffet area, people can look directly in if you don't close your blinds. (laughs) So you're kind of on display for everybody. Well, that could be fun. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) It's a family ship. Come on. No, um, but I think it would be cool. Like, it would be neat to be... Because people can see you, but that means you can also see out and see a lot of things. So I think that's what I would say. But... Theme park, view room, contemporary, my number one, has been since I've been a kid. When I went, the the monorail goes through it. I mean, I love the monorail. I mean, it's like the perfect hotel. What do you think, Rachel? Well, I would. I have two answers, I guess. I would love to go on The Wish. I am very excited for that day to come. And just being on The Wish, I would love to have an aft balcony suite I don't even necessarily care about the concierge because service is so great anyway, but just that location and having that big, nice balcony looking out the back of the ship would be great. My other maybe tied for that first spot would be a nice trip to Aulani in Hawaii. That's been on my bucket list for probably since Aulani opened. So that would be mine. What about you, Eric? My bucket list has has changed over the years because I've gone to a fair number of the ones that were on my list. Olani's fantastic. Any room there is amazing, especially if you're looking either at the ocean or in, in the middle. Okay. But there are so many rooms that are fantastic there for Disney cruise line. I'm all I want is a balcony where I can sit and like drink a cup of coffee and watch the ocean. Cause I love, I love a good balcony. I love having a cup of coffee on the balcony at any, at any Disney place. So I want to, I want to experience that on a ship. So I'm not all that picky there. When I say I've crossed things off my bucket list as a kid going to to Walt Disney World, I'm like, I'm going to stay at the Grand Floridian someday. And I went there on my honeymoon. And I want to stay at the Polynesian someday. And I finally got to do that, too. I, I think, you know, it, I've never had a park view at Disney World or Disneyland. I've had some decent I've, – I've had some amazing views uh, at at different rooms, but I've never had a park view anywhere. So I'd like to do that someday. The bungalows and cabins at at the Polynesian and Wilderness Lodge, those are my favorite resorts. Like it would be it would be amazing to have something like that. But that's that's a little little tricky to arrange. So maybe I'll just settle for a treehouse villa someday. Saratoga Springs is kind of remote. But I really love the idea of the treehouse villas. I've stayed at Saratoga a bunch of times, and I I always like run or walk by them and go, that would be really cool. I think mm-hmm. uh, it feels remote, which is weird for D- for Disney World to be out in nature and not be faced with characters and everything immediately. So it's kind of like the opposite of the park view. It, it's it's truly out there, and it's not completely remote where you don't. Where it takes forever to get anywhere, you know, it, it's got its limitations because, yeah, I mean, that's that's where it is. It is it it's in a forest. It's in the swamp. <laughs> but I like that idea. I think that would be super fun. 
Colleen, what's what's your take? Well, I mean, I think that an ultimate stay would be, again, either in a bungalow at the Polynesian Village Resort or a cabin at the Wilderness Lodge. Those just look amazing. And I can really see myself or my children taking advantage of like a private plunge pool. I think we could handle Mm. it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think I could also get behind a one of the amazing like themed suites at the Disneyland Hotel. And I off the top of my head, I can't remember all of them, but like there's an Adventureland themed one and there's like kind of a Frontierland themed one. And those, you know, that I never knew what they looked like inside. And then one day they put pictures of them so that, you know, people will book them on the Disneyland website. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is the kind of uh ultimate theming that I, you know, I deserve. So I was on that floor the last time I stayed at Disneyland Hotel and I uh-huh. asked somebody, can I look in your room? <laughs> Did they let you? I just I, and I, I'm like, I just want to stick my head in the door. I, I it felt so weird, but I'm like, they had their door open. I'm like, can I just glance? And they're like, oh, yeah, have a look. And I just looked in and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, that e-ticket lounge, right? Because then from mm-hmm. the lounge there on that floor, you get to see, you know, they'll pipe in the music and you can see the fireworks at Disneyland in the evening. But we had a really cool experience. Um, I had booked a room at the boardwalk in January and we went like we pulled up in our lift since there's no more magical express. We pulled up in uh. our lift and <laughs> I was looking at the app and I said, uh, like, I guess I should look and see if we have a room number yet. And I looked at it and I'm like, this room description's really weird. What is this? And we had gotten upgraded to a two bedroom suite. And my kids thought that was amazing because it had three bathrooms and we live in a, you know, old family farmhouse. So we don't have three bathrooms in our house. So they thought that was like, you know, very shishi um, <laughs> and that had <laughs> access to the club level lounge. And my son in all of his 12 years of uh, astuteness said, well, mom, I guess Disney's finally recognizing all those hours you spent on hold with them in the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I think you're right, buddy. I think they, they really recognize that. So <laughs> that's great. You know what, Colleen? I, uh... have, I didn't even know. I, I feel terrible. This is my home park. And I didn't know the Disneyland Hotel had these theme rooms. So you're saying it was on the website. So I oh. went to the website and I'm like, first of all, I love Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. They have a big Thunder themed suite. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I did not know this existed. This is gorgeous. They're insane. I, these rooms so, are crazy. And I don't think that those pictures have been on the website probably more than like two years at the most. So I don't know who was knew about them, you know, other than people that were, you know, being suggested those by an agent or something. But yeah, don't you want to stay now? Like, isn't this like worth? Oh, Lord, don't um, get me started. Eric will tell you the same thing. Don't get him started. (laughs) I Er Eric and I have a longstanding kind of not feud, but disagreement on this podcast. Eric is of the opinion and, you know, it's a totally fair opinion that uh, he doesn't want to leave the Disney bubble. So whenever possible, he tries to stay on property. Now, he's a Disney. Yeah, you know, the correct but he's opinion. a Disney World person yeah. generally. And I get that for Disney World because we made the mistake. We stayed off property the first time. Never again. Literally, I tell everybody, if you're going to Disney World, 100% stay on property. 100%. It is. It may be expensive, but it is worth every penny. At Disneyland... I've never, I've, okay, that's not true. I stayed one night at the Paradise Pier Hotel way back in the day. And 
it's just not worth the premium when I can stay at the Howard Johnson across the way, or I could stay, I used to stay at this Super 8 around the corner, because all I'm doing is showering and sleeping there. Like, I don't, I'm not spending time in that room. But Eric likes the the bouginess of just being able to <laughs> walk out of his room right into the park kind of a situation. Now that I've stayed club level at Disneyland Hotel once, uh, <laughs> it might no get more bougie back. around Oh my here. goodness, Eric. <laughs> Colleen's on my side. Yeah, yeah, Eric. Eric, All right. uh, We can talk later about, you know, planning the ultimate experience for him. But but the (laughs) question is this, though. How could I I cannot justify four hundred plus dollars per night for a room when I can spend one hundred and fifty dollars and be just like across the street? Like I just there for me. There is not a two to three hundred dollar a night difference in the experience I'm getting. Like I agree that it's a better premium experience. Yes, I do not think it is two to three hundred dollars a night better. And you're never going to convince me of that at Disneyland. <laughs> anyway, that's just my opinion. It's well. a very hard argument to overcome. I. <laughs> it it is a lot easier at Walt Disney. Now World. I will tell you <laughs> that I'm sure that if I had more money. And I stayed in one of these hotels, I'm sure that I would feel differently, which is one of the reasons Teresa and I interviewed somebody who went on a tour, like a VIP tour at Disneyland. And we agreed that if we ever went on a VIP tour, Disneyland would be ruined for us because getting the seas parted by a tour guide and getting you on to all the attractions <laughs> with no weight it would ruin the experience forever. <laughs> so I think it's like that. A hundred percent agree. I have to say our next uh, vacation, possibly yet this summer, is most likely going to be Disneyland. Nice. And we are considering the Disneyland Hotel, considering doing the VIP tours. Don't ruin it for me, Tag. <laughs> no, if you can afford it, I think it's a great experience. I'm sure it's wonderful. If you do the VIP tour, we have had him on the show and we met him before we had him on the show. We met him in person. There's a VIP tour guide named Philander. If you can get Philander, get Philander. He like uh, oozes. He has a Instagram account. If you just go, go on dlweekly.net and look for Philander, there's a link to his Instagram account. I'm I'm a little worried because you started the sentence with he oozes and then you stopped. <laughs> he oozes Disney. You moved to a different. He sense. oozes Disney. Like <laughs> he does Imagineering <laughs> Monday on his Instagram, so he has like a whole like history of some aspect. I love telling this story because I think it's hilarious. So. I did enjoy that he made an Instagram post the week that they had replaced the light bulb uh, at the at the Coke corner that <laughs> that has been painted right. white and red and like the internet lost their minds and and then like two days later they they like had painted it and it was fine but people were like ah oh. he he posted man imagine what people would do if they realized that we changed the light bulb in Walt's lamp. Because they do. I mean, you have to, but like people would, people would have a heart attack. I, I firmly believe that there are people that think that that very light has burned. Like Walt Disney himself screwed that bulb in or something. And that's just not the case. But I enjoyed it anyway. It's the eternal flame. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, well, that does it for this episode of the Hub Crawl. <laughs> We'd like to thank our guests. Where can people find you or anything like that? Do you have anything you want to plug, Colleen? So you can find any of our Kingdom Travel Planners at www.kingdomplanners.com. I am the rare 
travel planner who does not really do social media. So you won't find me much on any, you can find me on Instagram and there's like four pictures on there. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just too busy planning trips and living life to focus on it too much. But we have a large selection of planners who'd be happy to help you plan your next Disney trip. All right. Thanks. And Rachel, where can we find you? Well, I don't have much of a social media presence myself, but I would like to plug to use a travel agent. Being a former agent myself, I know the value that they can offer, especially if something goes awry. And I've used Colleen for our last two Disney trips, and she's been wonderful. So go ahead and call Kingdom Planners for your needs. All right. This has been uh, Travel Chat. I mean, three (laughs) of the four people on this thing uh, are are some way connected to travel planning at some part of their career. Well, join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.